0: (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck is that all about, man? Causing blood clots, so they're just recalling it from work time. Imagine that, you know, uh, Uh, you you, you roll something out there it hasn't been properly tested.
1: (laughs) Go figure, right? I I got the email yesterday from work that uh, we're now eligible for the COVID vaccine. And I was like... I just replied to the email. Great. Do you know which one it is? Oh, you have your choice of Moderna or Pfizer. No, no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> Are you guys uh, running into issues in Ohio as of yet, as far as the vaccine uh, passport shit?
0: Uh, I have discovered this. There is, I I might be able to make a turn uh, a pretty good little profit here on the COVID ID card passport black market. Uh, yeah, yeah, there there is uh, certainly a market for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I duplicated one just for fun. Uh, went to the full length of it. Have the little stickers headed on the uh, on the stock print the stock card. Got the little stickers that you can print the little dates on. It looked like it came out of, you know, the, the little clinic or wherever you're going to go to get your... Just got to have somebody to sign off on it. And I was joking around with it, and I had some people coming up to me like, I don't give you like 25, 50 bucks for one of those. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Do that shit up. I, I think my favorite is the... Um, the Passport Caddy. The... Um, Oh God! What do they call the the land, the lanterns? Oh, so you can proudly display yours everywhere you go, uh, around. Right. And you know what they they really? Oh shit, Jagger! Here we go, million dollar idea. Uh, exit strategy seventy nine. We combine the two. We start putting a lam a, a see through laminate pocket on the front of the mask. So now you're wearing. You can be a your- true mask hole. Your, your passport on your mask hole.
1: Oh, that's great. Yes, mask holes for everybody.
0: That, that, that might be a bigger sell than Trumpy Bear. On that note.
1: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network.
0: the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two motherfuckers that like to talk about everything, news, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top 10 lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass and the other guy who got
1: shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and RBV thanks msg hello ladies and gaijin and welcome to an all-new edition of hitting the marks with jargo and rbv recorded on tuesday it's tuesday right i'm all my days are just blending together at this point tuesday april 13th i am the aforementioned jargo that's my tag team partner he's the man the myth the legend no cincinnati gear that i can see except maybe his underwear
0: he's the real rbv
1: rick welcome back to your show
0: Yes, it is me. It's me. It's that honor. The B to V. Richard Branson, Vickery. and I'm trying to do the calculations in my head. I, I think this is oh, well, let's see, uh, uh, the eighth podcast in a week. Let's say eight days, eight and eight days is what I'm averaging right now. Hey, man, but uh, well, one of my favorites, man, to be
1: here sitting with you. I think since the last time we recorded. Um, I think I've done 11 podcasts since then. I spent 10 just, and a half re- hours re- in the studio. We're just recorded on Friday. Oh, my God. Was it Friday? Okay. Yeah. So I guess that's actually <laughs> what included. What the hell
0: were you doing?
1: Man, dude. Do- I tell you what, this whole house buying process that Carly and I are going through, we're far enough into the process at this point that now we're starting to look at furniture. We're, we're starting to kind of piece together like this is going to go there. That's going to go there. We got to buy a new one of those. And holy shit, dude, I, I, I last day of vacation, six days off from work, I had one day That I wasn't out doing house shit, whether it was signing papers, whether it was going to meet with the mortgage officer, whether it was going to Slumberland, If I was going to pick out a new mattress, it's just it's been obscene. It's just it's ridiculous how busy I have been over the course of this last week. And I've really it's been the house and it's been podcasting. I barely even have time to watch the content that I'm podcasting about at this point. Like, because like I am sitting down trying to watch Monday Night Raw last night, right? And like every two to three minutes, Carly's like, oh, what do you think of this? Take a take a look at this. Let, let me know what you think of that. And it's just like, God damn it. I'm just trying to watch TV. <laughs> Please. I'm on vacation. Please. I'm like, I'm looking forward to going back to work just to have a vacation from the house stuff.
0: It's funny, you were talking about furniture this morning as we were trying to come up with a game plan here this afternoon to to get the record in. And I really started thinking about that. And that's going to be one of your major undertakings. I mean, yeah, it, you guys got beautiful home and all that, but you're talking about serious upgrade in size.
1: The, the house is about three times the size of the apartment that we're in right now. You know, I mean... It's crazy, dude. It's crazy, and especially like now, all the kids are gonna have their own rooms, you know. So it's like, okay, we gotta buy
0: another bed, dude. When's the last time you bought a bed? Oh, I don't know. I always go to. I'm a cheapo, man. I go to like those, you know, the American Furniture Outlet Warehouse. I mean, off the truck, uh, you know, hobo gym down, you know, un, you know, shanty town special. We're going
1: from a queen to a king right? It, dude, just a king-size bed frame is almost 800 freaking dollars. It's insane. And then the mattress that she wants to put into it is another $2,000.
0: Oh, it gets you there because it's all like a puzzle. So it's just not, you can't just go in and buy the bed. Then you got to buy the frame, the box spring, the mattress, the, the, headboard, the headboard,
1: the mirror. It's, it's crazy. And then, um, the way that our new living room is is laid out is kind of goofy. So we may end up putting in basically like a family room downstairs that's kind of going to be like, you know, the cinema room and then have more of a, a formal living room upstairs. So we're thinking, you know, maybe buy like two love seats and a new entertainment center. And all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, two $3,000. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Fucking crazy, man. the, 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 the amount that goes into this is so much more than what I was even prepared for. And I like to think I was pretty damn prepared.
0: Hey, it's all, all part of growing up, right? I
1: guess, dude, I guess, Holy crap. I'm going to have to start scheduling records around when I'm going to mow my freaking yard. I mean, that, that in itself is just insane to me. Of course, now we're just boring the hell out of our listeners. I'm sure nobody really cares about the bed that I'm sleeping in. But I am considering getting a purple mattress. You would think that this would be a plug for purple mattress, but we don't got a plug for purple mattress yet. So purple mattress, if you're listening, go ahead, hit us up. I'm going to be buying one of your damn mattresses. It's like 2000 freaking dollars. But I tell you what, man, and Carly and I were, were discussing this the other day. When it comes to your home, is there anything more important in your home than your bed? I mean, you spend like a quarter of your life in freaking bed. Is there anything that like has more influence over how you feel on a regular
0: day-to-day basis than your bed? Uh, I'm going to go with show me refrigerator. Oh, yeah. Refrigerator. Oh, you, you love our new refrigerator. Oh, man. Oh, all right. All right. 23
1: cubic feet, man. I got a Nancy Pelosi style refrigerator. I'm going to be showing off my ice cream all over Instagram.
0: We we, we suckered them in. We promised them hot Jargo on the other side of the open and and we gave them Martha, Martha Stewart Jargo.
1: Hey man, you know what? Martha Stewart gets to hang out with Snoop Dogg. And so I, I guess I'll get down with that.
0: Would you rather be stranded on an island with Martha Stewart or Rachel Ray? Uh, Rachel Ray, definitely. I mean,
1: at least you know, you can go catch seafood and she can like find a way to cook that shit up and have it be really good.
0: Oh, yeah, it's, I always thought too. I mean, she's more diverse. You yeah. know, she's gonna, she's gonna be able to decorate the island for you, whatever hut you can build. Uh, I trust her a little more with the variety of foods, preparation. And I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, man, I know she's maybe put on some LBs, especially during the COVID. I always found her uh, somewhat attractive, so. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'd be all right with her.
1: Yeah, 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 I can get down with it. I can get down with it. All right. Let's get hot. All right. Um, because one thing I, I did have time to do, I went out of my way to make time to do it was watch WrestleMania 37 both nights. Um, although I, I missed like the opening 45 minutes or so. So I missed basically Lashley and Drew. I got to go back and watch that still. Um, I was really, I was really surprised that that opened the show and then they made a big deal out of the main event being Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And I was like, okay, I can get down with that because in my mind, the winner of the Royal Rumble should headline WrestleMania. So night one, you have Bianca Belair who won the women's Royal Rumble night two you know, you've got the whole Edge and Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns thing going on. But so I was fine with it because, I mean, Sasha's been a pretty dominant champion. Air wins the Rumble. Okay, I can understand the logic. And fine, they, they, they both earned the right to be at the Rumble. I can get down with that. And then they had to go and make it all this social justice warrior bullshit about, oh, it's the first time, it's so historic, the first time two black women have headlined WrestleMania. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Before the fucking bell even rang, they're bringing this shit up. And it's like, okay, so now we know that's why this is the fucking main event of WrestleMania. You could have told this story so many fucking ways, dude. These two, we we have talked about this for the better part of four fucking years now, dude. You earn the main event of WrestleMania. Bianca Belair- Earned it by winning the Royal Rumble, Sasha Banks earned it by being the SmackDown Women's Champion. These two women deserved and earned to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and instead, the WWE has to go and pat themselves on the back and look at how fucking great we are. We have two black women in the main event of WrestleMania. Let me bury Horowitz myself and pat myself on the fucking back, and then they go and have this big cry session before it even fucking starts. It's like, you two you fucking hate each other. You should hate each other. You are competing to see who is the best on the grandest stage of them all for the championship, and you're out there fucking crying, dude. I was,
0: I was turned off before the match even fucking started. Well, let's let's rewind. We're, we're all all tremendous talking points. We're going to work through each of those, but you know, and I asked I asked you and Chad from Two Man Power Trip this, and we were doing the night two review. And both of you guys had come in. You have been so turned off, and, and Rad Rob as well, have been so turned off by this product that you've kind of checked out. And, and, and for you, it's really been about a year. Yeah. Uh, when you left the Monday locker room, because you, you were just at that point, you could not take any more Western wrestling for the most part, but especially WWE. It, it was just breaking. It, it was killing your passion. Well,
1: and it it was more so the content commitment, having to sit down and watch seven hours a week of it. Okay. Just couldn't do it anymore.
0: And at that time, you know, I had asked you guys a few things coming in. You're kind of just getting that small window you're just getting what is being presented to you through WrestleMania. A reality of that situation is that WWE has to understand that's a good chunk of that WrestleMania audience. And the numbers, the ratings, they prove that. That's your to that's your factor. Now you have individuals like me that have been sitting through this thing, who have followed this, where you really could have had a hot program, a hot build between these two. And I thought you were going to say we were talking about, you know, for the four years. We've been putting over Ratchet. Sasha is the best Sasha. Absolutely, she is incredible in that role.
1: There's nothing likable about Sasha Banks. Even like the real person. Like, did you watch that Sasha Banks on on the fucking Broken Skull sessions? She comes across as no, such a no heel. Desire.
0: I had no desire, but I but I know Sasha, and that's who she is. And and when you project that, I mean, that's who who you should portray on television inside your persona okay so and in bel-air i mean they had this great year-long story where going back to WrestleMania me she was that third wheel she was the odd person out in the story with charlotte the queen and ripley who is you know the now you know the raw women's champion who is the heir to the throne that's
1: when she that's got actually, over
0: that's when bel-air really got over she puts herself on that map so instead of realizing this, Nene, they, they, you know, they take their time and they run these, they run these vignettes, the EST. She, you know, she's just amazing. She is incredible. The strength, the athleticism, the speed. I mean, it's a making of a, a, a tremendous superstar, not just pro wrestler, but athlete. And she does have those very likable qualities about her. I mean, you, fans gravitate towards her. You could have told that story there, between, but yet what they do from the Rumble to WrestleMania is they sit there and dick around with playing, are they going to play nice, they're tagging a little bit, and that's a little WWMA. you know, that's their method. We've seen that plenty of times with the tags. It's they just filling in time. I mean, but, they got a lot of content to fill. No, but they never really heated it up. You know, they just kept, and then finally at the end you, you get, a, you get that little bit where I think Sasha slapped her, you get a little bit of turn, but then most of this was really based around you have this, um, wine concierge guy who's now the, the gentleman running around. that has been kind of running around with Naya Jackson. All. It's very confusing. And you, and what you're, instead of getting right down to the core of it and investing in these two talents and setting up what could be a blockbuster main event, they're dicking around. And as you said, they set themselves up for this failure because they have so much time to occupy. Then inside of that, they were running those vignettes I'm talking about. You've got where you can set her, you know, Air up as a legit athlete. Somebody can have that crossover promotion. Has that charisma. She's got, got, got her that out luck. there. I mean, just all the the total package. She has that look. Yeah. So what they do, and then on the flip side, you show her working hard like that. She's in the gym. You know, she's out there with the, you know, you could have, oh, I mean, how amazing that be. That's where you tie in to have her out there working with the special Olympic kids or even going, you know, young athletes. And then what you do is on the flip side of that, you have Sasha. You no, know, just doing. She's she's telling. I ain't got time for autographs. She's doing her thing, and then she's getting her nails done. She's, she's chilling doing- with Snoop. She's in the studio. She's yes. living you got that life that story. They don't do any of that. What they got Belair doing through this thing is twirling her hair and slapping her ass. And and the other
1: thing with Bianca Belair is just tell her fucking story, like her story of overcoming everything she has, even to make it to the WWE. I never thought she'd get out of NXT. Because, I mean, she is a walking career injury away because she has a, a condition with her ribs.
0: There you go. This that's, is my one shot.
1: That's why she got out of a regular professional competition to begin with. Like, she was a huge athlete when she was going to high school, when she was going to college. Like, you have all this background and this great, like, story. I mean, it's very, like, Brock Lesnar diverticulitis. Like, I over-fucking-came this and reached the pinnacle. You know, like you could tell all of that with her, and they just don't.
0: So, so we, so they, they completely botched the building of this thing. So, right there, there's no interest. Now WWE's looking around, and they, they get to WrestleMania. All right, we got to have a big selling point here. Oh, first time we've had two f- black females. Well, I mean, for it, it could have been either one of them. The first time you had a black female in your main event, second time ever you had females there. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong here. I was asking uh, Paz about this. Walking cyclopedia, pro wrestling. There's never even been two African Americans in a main event. No, I don't at think at the so. same time, right? I mean, the only two I can think that have been in main events are Kofi and Rock.
1: Yeah, I mean, night two when I saw Apollo Crews versus Big E on the card, I just assumed it was going to be the main event. Well, it, it, like just for them, for that company in particular, with their track record over the course of the years to just turn around and pat themselves on the back like that was just it, well, it, it was on. insulting so, so so you missed the
0: pre-show yes yeah on i the know I, there ain't the, no on, chance in hell i'm watching the pre-show on the on the pre-show panel JBL is there and they're going around talking about this match here JBL Takes it on, you know. It's it, it, I'm sure he didn't take it on himself. It's being fed to him at this point. But he is the anointed one to inform the world. This isn't about race. This is about women competing. Like, okay, we we got no. Hold on. We got the the big mouth Texas white guy, right. who is screaming this. This isn't about race. I just the first thing popped in my head is um. It, this is like the you know the, the white guy on social media. All lives matter. That's what it came off as. That's which, and then they pan out and you get this look. Who's sitting on the other side of the panel, just on the other side of the facilitator, the host there? Booker. Booker T. Fuck. And it's, you know, at first I was like, all right, you got Booker T there. You know, why? Maybe you could have had him say that. But then I started thinking, like, because that's where it really hit me that all lives matter. And he's sitting there doing that, that no, you know, he's like, God damn! Why did they have you say this? Because I mean, you know those guys are boys. They like you. he's like, why would they have him say this? <laughs> then they lay it on thick at the end. There, I, I don't know. It, I think it was more what well, was more offensive to me in that match, and, and what turned me off is the other point you got there, Jargo, is the over emotion before this match. Oh, that was
1: just infuriating, man. I mean, the, the the whole presentation was just
0: infuriating. Well, uh, now you also missed at the very opening of WrestleMania. They set the tone for this. Vince has the entire roster out there. I heard about that. Y- you've got individuals crying. They go up to Rhea Ripley. She's balling. You got other people starting to tear up and they're they're over enthusiastic. The only person that stood out to me on that stage and he had a look of a pit bull, man. He was gonna destroy somebody and he was bouncing. He was ready. It was Bobby Lashley. Oh, th- th- that would have been my guess. The intense, the intensity. He he sold you right there. And he knew they announced it. They were coming out of the gate. Man, it was almost like he just wanted to take off. He was, let's go right now. He was that hungry. And you got Vince there feeding his own ego. The, we're finally, the fans are back like it's some, you know, huge moment. Sorry, Vince, you didn't beat everybody to this one. Everyone else has been running fans, dude. You didn't do anything spectacular here. You're actually the last one to the party on this. We're glad you're, you're here. It was nice to have the live audience. But you've got to present the show in a fashion. And I, I regularly have seen some of our colleagues and people we're close to. Other podcasters, journalists. Well, the emotion is there because of that moment, and you get lost in who you really are and the character. No, that's not that's not pro-wrestling. What makes pro-wrestling so dynamic and so incredible is you're not Hollywood actors. You're you shouldn't if you're being taught that you are playing a part, you are being taught wrong, you are doing it wrong. When you are a pro-wrestler, that is you. That is an extension of you. And now I know some people are going to get very little on just, Well, they used to, you know, guys from Iowa, they would say they were Russian. Ben Hamid, is he really, you know, a Saudi, you know, prince and blah, blah. No, but you go to that core. You go to the core of what the Ben Hamid persona is. And there is a lot of underlining, same characteristics, same drive, same thought process is the actual man. And that is what is missing that these people are giving a pass. Oh, they are actors out here. You get emotional sometimes, you know, when actors, they get to have a a cut, you know, and they do multiple takes. No, that is the difference. That is what makes professional wrestling. So dynamic and so amazing that you need to go out there and you need to hold that. I
1: brought up uh, on the the post show for night two, when we did it, uh, that I was getting ready to go watch the real main event, which was the interview with Chris Jericho. Somebody who is a trained actor, somebody who has taken the time to go and train and improv. And Jericho says the same damn thing during that interview, you know? And I, I do want to talk a bit more about that interview and how freaking great it was, because I know that you've watched it a couple of times at this point, too. I, I, I guess my final point on this whole Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair thing, number, you, they just made themselves look like an asshole. You know what I mean? This is the same thing I was talking about last week on the show with the Democrats down in Georgia. And one of two things is true. Like, you know, either they want to cheat or they're a bunch of racists. That's that's basically what's going on here. WWE saying for the first time ever, we have two black women in the main event. Well, that just makes you look like an asshole for never having women in the main event to begin with.
0: Thank you. I I brought that up. On R- Rad Mania Night One review. And, you know, and Rob had a good point. He said, Well, you know, WWE's usually behind the times on this stuff, and they you know, they just want to make mention of it. You know, I said, if anything, I'd, i I want to deflect from that. That I'm over a decade beyond what the rest of the society is doing here. I mean, that makes you look that much worse. Right.
1: Like that's not a good thing, WWE. You know, the, the whole Barry Horowitz
0: thing totally just absolutely that's that's just like next week if they come out and tell us oh yeah why while we're driving the talent to the thunderdome we let sasha banks sit up front right i mean
1: (laughs) it's just it's it was absolutely ridiculous the whole presentation of that like at no point until mitchell cole brought that up did it even cross my mind it was just it was two women in the main event. Okay, cool. The Rumble winner versus the champ. All right. I can get behind that. I don't I don't need your political commentary bullshit, especially from WWE, and especially on a show being hosted by Hulk fucking Hogan and the token black guy. Yeah, well, they're dressed I, up I, like fucking pirates. Like what?
0: No. Tone deaf, tone deaf as fuck. And I think, you know, what, what what irritates me more is that, you know, that a lot of this modern fan base, they have been conditioned to this where they they think there needs to be that direct connect with them and the, the stars and the wrestlers that they're interchangeable. That is what's hindering. That is what's killing professional wrestling. Is you do not have those degrees of separation. It goes back to, you ever, even Attitude Era. I mean, when we're little kids, you know, we realize what the hell's going on here. But you're still in awe of these true superstars. What you know? What made people like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and so many different perspectives so equally great? Even amongst like our parents back then. Is because same age, whatever the case might be, those older fans were in awe of that the stardom, the over the top lifestyles. Now that you you can reach out on Twitch and play video games, I mean that you have the interchangeable lives. This is absolutely insane. We we're talking about this money in the locker room. We don't you don't know what's worse. You know the the inmates running the asylum are the marks running the business.
1: Yeah, no, that's a valid point. And again, that brings us all back to that Jericho interview. Uh, You want to talk about two guys who just get it. Chris Jericho sitting down with Stone Cold Steve Austin for two hours to talk about the world of professional wrestling and walk through this incredible career that Chris Jericho has had. I mean, I I am a Jericho, Mark, to the absolute nines. And there was stuff that I had forgotten about that they were talking about on that show. I mean, the number of incredible moments that Chris Jericho has had over the course of 30 freaking years. I he is one of the greatest of all time. unquestionably, right? Like he is in that top five conversation to me. Where is Jericho for
0: you? I, I have him in that top five, but I've been saying that for a while. I mean, it, it kind of got when he got to the point where Jericho kind of evolved to where really when he went to New Japan and it was he kind of goes where he wants, does what he wants, when he wants. Now, it might not be essentially one of those most celebrated, sexiest runs, but when you really break it down, you get to logistics, you get down to that very core, you got to give him that respect. And even if off the top of your head, you have a conversation with you, he's going to be in that consideration. He's, he's in my top five. And when you and you look at how, I mean, truly the rise, where he was positioned, the ceilings continually that he's had to go through it, it, you had mentioned, we both have watched this thing multiple times. You have to, to really pick up on the, the subtleties, the finer details to truly appreciate the conversation that's happening between two guys who actually really get it. And I've seen some people having conversations about this thing. It's like, were you really listening? And, and then I do have to take a step back and, and boy, I mean I try to get on I put myself on a huge pedestal here, but the learning trees that we have been able to sit under and we and how much we appreciate those and we take those lessons to heart and it absolutely kills me when you even try to politely pass that along and say, hey, now go back and listen to it a little bit this way oh no no right. that, no that's not it you don't you don't know what the fuck you're talking about those guys you learn from what they do. Uh, my favorite uh stevie richards was was talking about he uh, he'd given his opinion on something and someone one other way to email him essentially said fuck you you're not chris jericho (laughs) so that means immediately and i actually and i actually think it was about fitness it was something about stevie richards fitness and they're like why should we listen to you
1: who'd you ever be
0: You're not Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah, the thing about Jericho, and I really got to thinking about this as I was watching it. While there are characters that over the course of the years will keep themselves relevant for maybe, you know, a generation, a really good career spans two generations. Jericho's now on his third. But you can look at the character that he is playing today. And go back to the original Lionheart character that I think I first saw in ECW and it's the same damn character. Like there there has been evolutions. There have been slight tweaks and changes, but whether it was that Lionheart Chris Jericho, if it was Y2J, if it was, you know, suit and tie Jericho, if it was Festival of Friendship Jericho, if it's Painmaker Jericho, if it's Inner Circle Jericho, it's the same character. And he has always carried all of that lineage with him wherever he has went. Like he has always paid homage to his own career throughout the course of it and and, and kept these connections between all of them. And I think that's one of the things that has just been lost. Like he knows that character inside and out. And when he leaves his house, I have no idea what Christopher Irvine is like as a person. When he is at home, when he's chilling with his wife and kids, I have no idea. But when he leaves that house, he's Chris Jericho. And Stone Cold is exactly the same way. Steve Austin, like, he is still Stone Cold. He's sitting there doing that interview. That is Stone Cold Steve Austin talking to Chris
0: Jericho. Oh, absolutely. I loved it, too, in there. Damn, let's get a shot. (laughs) You
1: know, he's... Well, the, to, to me, the best was at the very end when they do the shot, and Stone Cold right before he takes the shot says, "I hate you" as Jericho's taking his shot, and Jericho finishes it, and he goes, "I hate you too." You know, like I mean, it was just
0: perfect. Yeah, it was. Great. And even the, you know, you got Jericho drinking the uh, the goose, and Steve's got the whiskey. I mean, just the subtlety it, when you in, that the way that you know that they're talking back and forth, and when you heat when you see people that have made it to that level that are that in tune with the business. They both came in, what, Steve in 89, Jericho in 90. They talked about it. and Steve won the Rookie of the Year in 90. I mean, we got 30. And and that's back. It was a much different business. Very much so. And and what I think, you know, is we're talking about the evolution of Jericho, he stayed true to that core. He he stayed that same Play-Doh. He's just re-sculpted it so often, you know, Mm -hmm. so many times. But he's been able to, to connect with the different generations and stay relevant what really and you talk about those things, you kind of forget. And as he's telling the stories, there's like, ah, oh, I remember him saying that before. I know one that popped you is when he's talking about the list. They oh, go to yeah. commercial. uh, oh, the Blackhawks suck the cup, suck it in three, two, number 74, you know, it, Yep. Uh, but like on the entrances and the looks about how important it was for him to sample pop, pop culture and, and things that were working in other genres and how he could bring those to the pro wrestling stage uh, to you know, it's BI and just those guys, you know, what he brought that in that demeanor, absolutely incredible. And, it, and now you talk to these indie guys today, I've been having these conversations with them as we get ready. You know, I'm helping out with the the pro, pro wrestling. I ask you yourself, yourself uh, not be able to make the shows top, but you're helping us out with some things here. And, and I, and I start talking to these guys about, Cause we want to focus more on your charisma, your persona. I don't care if you can go out there and do a uh, hundred moves. And we brought beast in, especially for that, that old school, you know, that he learned from, from rip, from the, the philosophies of OVW. We don't care about it. And it freaks these guys out. Well, I got it. That's, that's wrestling. No, that's not wrestling. There's a reason that Chris Jericho has been doing this at near the damn near. I mean, he's been doing it for 30 years and half of that time at the damn near top. Yeah, he's basically been on top for 20 of those 30 years. Yeah, Uh, and I think it was kind of cool in there, too, is in anybody, if you're going to be highly successful, you got to have that drive. You're going to have an ego. Now there's a difference between just being complete, you know, completely over the top cocky where no one likes you, and knowing your own value, knowing what you're worth. And Chris can walk that line. Now, how many times? Oh, you know this this was the greatest debut. Uh, This was one of the greatest pro, but he he could back it up, and he felt confident in it. And when you listen to him, you don't feel like angry towards him, jealous or whatever thing. It makes sense. And a lot of times in life. People will turn on that. But it, you look at successful people, they got egos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, regardless of
1: the field, you know, it, it's just a matter of the presentation. I, I I thought the thing that was the most interesting to me in watching that was those two guys are so in tune with their characters that they can work and shoot at the same time. You know what I mean? Like,
0: it, and, it, and it completely goes over most of these people watching's heads. They're it, taking it at just incredible. At surface. They're taking at surface what the convers what that. Converse, and I don't know if those two guys even realize that they're doing <laughs> it. That's the just,
1: thing. It's just so natural. Nature. Oh, incredible stuff. Just, just incredible stuff out of both oh, Austin you and know, that, that,
0: that would be a good. That'd be a good topic. I'm always feeding. Different topics to pause now, two-man power trip because you know I'm helping behind the scenes with the media and all that. Something like this will come up, and I'll immediately, when we're done here, I'm gonna shoot pause a message and be like, hey, I don't which whichever one you want to do it with. Uh I think that because usually they're all perfect for it. If it's Kevin Sullivan, if it's dirty Dutch Mantel, if it's Dr. Tom Pritchard, at what point in your career or those very close to you. When did you actually start believing the bullshit yourself? Right. I mean, <laughs> like where it just became second nature, you know, because it's like you get
1: those two guys in a room and you're, you're going to sit down. You're going to have a shoot conversation. Right. And it would be very easy, you know, for Steve Williams and Christopher Irvine to just sit down and shoot the shit and film it. But that's not what we got. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewing Chris Jericho. And the questions were Stone Cold asking Jericho and Jericho responding to Stone Cold. I mean, that was a work and a shoot all at the same time. It was incredible stuff. And when you watch it inside of that context, man, I was not disappointed at all. That was the main event of WrestleMania weekend for me, hands down. I mean, and Austin looks like he could go with Jericho right now. Stone Cold's fucking ripped, dude.
0: Oh, he looks phenomenal. I mean, it just wasn't for that damn neck. He'd probably be right out there. Uh, you suppose Tony could yeah. get that taken care of? Like, is there a, is is that? Let's it, let's talk about that. I, I wanted to I wanted to put a twist on this because you know everyone's like, oh my god, I can't believe this, this is historic. But let's be real at this. This is just Jericho making sure that everything is smooth. So if and when he needs to, not needs to, wants to, he can come home to WWE.
1: Well, I, and I had this conversation with Carly this weekend. I expect Chris Jericho to finish his career in the WWE. I just do.
0: I, I, I fully expect all of these, we'll say big names, legendary names that we have seen associated with WWE, uh, with the Sting, Big Show, and Christian to all return. For spots with WWE, Vince's look. Vince is looking mm. at AEW right now. They're not. Uh, they're not on his radar. They are no competition no. to him. They are run by an absolute clown. They. they it, he. This is a completely different situation and scenario in a different place in existence for WWE. When you had Turner just throwing money around. Differences. Turner tried to put wrestling people. And maybe I suffered, you know, heard, but eventually trying to put wrestling people in position. AEW is running by a, 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 a true money mark. Teddy Khan has no idea what he's doing. And, and he's trying to wear all these hats and, instead of delegating and, and letting people handle things that know professional wrestling. Uh, I agree. Th- it's no threat. I, it's agree no threat. I agree with you about so Big Show. Big Show? I, I think Christian. Big Show
1: goes back. Christian, I don't think Vince ever wanted there to begin with. Like, I, I I don't feel that if there's,
0: attachment. There's money, if there's money to be had on that, they'll, they'll put Christian into the hall at some point. He'll be, a, you know, run of the mill. You think? Yeah, I think he'll get it.
1: Huh, okay. Well then, yeah, it, I it, guess I could, but Sting, I don't. I mean, is Sting above everybody there, who there has ever will, had a run in the WWE? Sting is not viewed as a WWE
0: guy. I don't. There will be at some point where they're going to need something from that and they'll reach out to him and he'll likely come back. But anyway, here's, here's why it's not a big deal where Vincent and throw around extra money to hold these guys back. It's not because of the, this crazy figure from AEW. Let's say, okay, let them pay for them, for these guys right now. Go get a huge payday. And I know I can go get them whenever I want. I feel it, like it, there's, it, there's rumblings in AEW from top, you know top talent i'm not talking about the the darks and the the evolved whatever the hell that thing is or their mid card that people that that are looking at this thing and they don't know what the shelf life is how long until papa Khan says hey i got we're gonna we're gonna cut and pull back on some of your allowance here buddy right um
1: i i feel like jericho is different because for me jericho's career number one not basically done right like i think you could get a- another year year and a half out of jericho inside of a wwe context i think the thing with jericho there's only one thing in his career that he has never done and that is when the wwe championship as a babyface every time he has ever won the title it has been as a heel with the exception of that night when he won the title from hunter and had to give it back like doesn't really count as a title reign Jericho has and he points that out every time like I hear it constantly come out of his mouth to where I've never won the world title as a baby face. And I think that's something that he really wants to do is win the WWE championship as
0: a baby face. Well, even in telling that story that 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 one night win, and you know, he's you could tell it was something that it means something to him. Where he would like to have that experience. He would like to be cheered team. for winning the world well, championship. Well, I mean, that's this, what it and, is. And then really to have that family there too. Yeah. You I know, mean, like he talked, he talked to that. And actually we go a little deeper into that conversation, man, he, he went back to the well so many times on, this has always been my dream. WWE always been my home. It doesn't matter where I was. I just saw that as a path here. Right. And, and
1: so I think that is something that is really, truly special to Jericho, even if, you know, that's the story going in. Right. I mean, like, that's the story going into WrestleMania is Jericho has never done this. Jericho has never been cheered for winning the title and he's going up against somebody like fucking Brock Lesnar and Brock just fucking destroys him. And just murders him in the main event. He gets that Goldberg match that he always wanted, you know, where the, the the epic squash match, the greatest squash match of all time. That was
0: that was interesting in there. I didn't I didn't realize that, that he had pushed kind of you know let him and Kevin go main event at WrestleMania or you know be one of the marquees, and then in the next month let him drop it to Brock. I think that would have been some good business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I think the, there is still real money. I can't believe I'm even going to fucking say this, but there is still real money in a singles match for a championship between Bill Goldberg and Chris Jericho. Because, I mean, you want a feud that is 30 years in the making. Not 30. Well,
0: we got 20 years.
1: Well, 20. But, I mean, by the time it happens, shit, both of those guys might be 60. It'll probably happen in fucking Saudi Arabia. But I mean, like, I feel like there is real money, like, because there is so much legitimate heat there over the course of the years. Like, I mean, Jericho, yeah, he said that he always wanted to work for Vince, but the story has always been when they wouldn't let him have a feud with fucking Goldberg in WCW, that's when he knew it was time to go. It was because of fucking Goldberg. It should have been Jericho versus Owens for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, and it didn't happen. Why? Because of fucking Goldberg. Like, there is all this real shit, and these two guys do not like each other. They have never liked each other. Goldberg has always just defended it by saying, I should fucking just destroy Chris Jericho. Look at how much bigger I am than him. Like, it's not believable that we could have a fucking fight. Like maybe maybe that's the deal. Maybe Jericho is the defending champion going into that match, and Goldberg is going for the championship. Maybe that's actually even better.
0: Well, you know something that, that you know that you and and Mighty Joe were kind of opposed to is, but it would make perfect sense here. Jericho gets that title, and the champion's making the challenges.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like yeah, do, do and, you, and you he calls would you, would you, out fucking Goldberg.
0: Hey, you you, did, you were always overlooking me. Yes. You thought you could run through me. No. I know you still want a piece of this. I got maybe one this, box is, left to check. Maybe this is the bait that'll that'll bring you in here, Billy. Well, you know, have something like that. That makes complete sense. I'm with you. I think there's money on that. You're gonna have, you know, a very small vocal minority. Oh my god. I, no, that that's money. There's money on that match because they're both true stars. Beyond that, when Jericho returns to the WWE, that's when he he truly takes his spot and becomes, you know that next Jesse, the body. Yeah. I mean, imagine Jericho, you know, at, at WrestleMania, you know, f- through 40 through 50 calling the biggest moments uh, alongside one of, you know, a, a great, a great play, but play by play guy. 40 would
1: have to be it, right? Like Jericho would try to save it for something special. Like Vince, here's what we do. Like I, Vince, he lays out this entire pitch to Vince and then he says, but it has to be WrestleMania 40 in the garden it has to happen to uh, do we know
0: where they're at do we have, have, have they have announced that far out i don't i i have no idea but i think it, we just have the next two because we got 38 38 is in uh texas gonna be in the big d well okay let's talk uh, about and then and then 39 would be in LA. la so i yeah i don't think we have 40 yet are we gonna
1: keep doing these giant stadiums has WWE learned their lesson about these giant open air stadiums after the weather that this this year? Because this Hold one on. was pretty one, shitty. Wasn't one, it?
0: one in one in how many tries? I mean, you're gonna run into this thing. Has it ever stopped a Super Bowl? I mean, they they'll still venture outside. I mean, I, you're, and I know it's a little bit different inside of football because the elements are a little more well they're they they're playable. Uh, but but it's still not the idea situation for because you want as even of a playing field inside the Super Bowl. You don't want to say, OK, you know, there was a trench downpour and our high profile passing team from the NFC got shorted because it was just a ground and pound from the AFC. I mean, you want to have each with that that equal opportunity on, on your big stage there. But ben and I talked about this, too. It, it, it's so difficult when you get to those large shows, but even, you know, from. Indie show perspectives, you know. One of the most important things is if you're running outside, you're looking for a venue that has some sort of backup option to get you in. Because I mean, it completely wipe you out here.
1: You, you know, something just occurred to me as we were talking about this. You know what I didn't hear at WrestleMania this year?
0: Tonight's attendance. Did you look at what the attendance was for WrestleMania yet? Uh, they did. Each night was uh, what twenty five thousand six seventy something.
1: Yeah. I thought they were I thought they were trying to do like forty thousand in there could they just not sell fucking tickets to this thing no that that was the max twenty six twenty or twenty five was the max that was what they're like that's what they had at the the Super Bowl
0: what? actually they had they actually they had a little less at the Super Bowl
1: Wow that's crazy I mean a couple of years ago in Texas hell next year in Texas they'll probably have like
0: four times that well you, you go and let's let's talk about that that you know looking forward I mean, that's always the fun thing coming out of a wrestlemania <clears throat> you look forward to the next year and, and you hope i mean they, they don't do it anymore but i see so many people right now clamoring for lashley and lesnar at SummerSlam. why waste that no that's you, you, a, that's a mania match if you do it you got a one year build to this thing everything's bigger in texas right you, did go you see with, what those it,
1: assholes did last night they did fucking Riddle versus fucking Bobby Lashley after yeah, I pitched I, it Sunday night for the fucking main event of WrestleMania next year. I thought about it. He like fucking after, pricks.
0: After he just got kicked in the face, he's still there on his fat lips and he's riding up on that t- and it was just it was terrible. Now they got a report out that that Riddle, you make this huge a great pitch to, you know, make him a legitimate competitor, elevate him so that you, you know, that main event has some awesome crossover potential. Uh, And then the report that there might be grooming him to really be the next R-Truth. Oh my God. But anyway, so you got Texas stadium, you got the Cowboys stadium wide open. You need Lashley and Lesnar. Now, you just don't come out and say it's a shoot because you don't want to crap on the rest of the card. But every undertone, everything you can do to say, this is going to be real. This is going to be violent. This Everybody's going to... I mean, you present a match that Bellator and UFC would be killing for. Absolutely. And you do that at WrestleMania? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I'm with you, man. I would do a one-year build for it. I, I would have started it last night on Monday Night Raw, and you've got and and make it oh god that would have been so magnificent and dude I was it, put, waiting for it I I was expecting MVP is standing in the ring cutting that promo you know when Drew came out and fucking Braun comes out and uh who is he, oh Randy Orton comes out and they all cut you their know little what I promos
0: do, man, I, I I tease it a little bit maybe it, I'd announce it at SummerSlam, but I'd start teasing. Where Heyman starts watching Lashley matches. So you're thinking, oh okay, who is this is this Lesnar? Is this Roman? Or is it Roman? It, or could it be someone else? Is Paul have his eye on somebody else here? I would have I'd have Heyman start showing up at at different combat sports, checking out maybe he's scouting. Right? You you start. Maybe he's watching early. Matt fucking riddle matches. God damn it. You, and and then you have you have Heyman and MVP sell this thing verbally. Oh, the, they're, the man, promo.
1: They're, MVP has truly been the MVP. They're, Going back they're, to, what was it? That was was right. it a year ago when he was in yeah. the Rumble and, and kind of reemerged on TV? Yeah, I mean, but really, since they put the Hurt business together, MVP has been the MVP of Monday Night Raw from everything so, I have seen.
0: So you got that. Then you start bringing in other individuals. Bring in, bring in Angle maybe not getting involved, but where he's following this thing. Uh, You get Rhonda's opinion. You have, you have her on a panel for this thing. How about a a stone cold, Steve Austin, uh, broken skull session with Joe Rogan, where they're talking about this thing. I mean, you show them in their camps. You make this thing as real, as legit, as crossover as you can. That's how you bring WrestleMania back next year in Dallas. That's how you boom your business again. The success
1: that AEW has had with bringing in mentor manager kind of roles. And I mean we we can debate the success of that, oh, I but I really
0: I don't want angle I don't want angle like mentoring with him. I just want his involvement. I want that legit crossover where he's analyzing this thing.
1: I would like to see Angle basically running a fight camp. You know what I mean? Where may, maybe Angle's got three, four guys that are kind of working underneath of him where you don't necessarily see Kurt very often, but leading up to a big match, you could have Angle running the fight camp. I think that'd be pretty freaking cool.
0: Oh, man, that would be awesome, man. Like a little team, like camp Angle, something like that. Right, like, like, you know, Matt
1: Riddle's getting ready for a big championship match against Bobby Lashley,
0: and he's training with Kurt Angle to get ready for it. I mean, that would be cool. I mean, and I'm just thinking, you know, spin off of that, I mean you can go multiple directions. Uh, like Riddle goes down to the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. Right. He's down there with Dr. Tom. And now the school's getting a little rub and you know, Kane's showing up every now and or maybe Kane inter- you know, takes him down there.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean there, there there's so much potential and there's so much cool shit they could do. I mean, like well, it, even you like tie in. somebody you tie like into that, man. Somebody like, even, You can have Kurt Angle like walking around backstage and, like, you know, go walking up to somebody like, oh, I don't know, let me pick a name out of thin air, Big E, and be like, hey, you ever want to get serious? Call me. Flip him a card. Next thing you know, you're seeing vignettes of Big E down at fucking Camp Angle. And then, then like three, four weeks later, you get a completely repackaged, serious, heavyweight title contender. Big E shows back up, just without all of the stupid bullshit they're doing with him.
0: Oh, I love it! I love that idea. There's so much
1: cool stuff they could do like that.
0: You love know? that idea, man. It just, just now, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, like if the Rock would come back. To take out Roman like his greatest challenge like show him going back to Pritchard the guy that trained right him. getting back and to it, day one yeah yeah you know, he, he, like he he dismisses you know what I, I got to check out from Hollywood for a couple weeks I'm committed down here you know let's let's get back to day one right here baby because yeah. and then and, and what that what that means is as great as the rock was in the ring and everything he's accomplished in Hollywood that Roman is that tough of a competitor that is on that next level he's got to go back to those roots if he wants to have any kind of you're building up everybody around you in that kind of story
1: and you're telling a sports like presentation story as opposed to just stupid
0: bullshit essentially what we just did is is just laid out The the script, the storyline for one of the greatest sports movies ever, Rocky. Right. Each each one of those was that, right? Right. You go to to that. that Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's not that difficult. And and if, that's the if thing. Me, if me and you could sit here and do this, just think what somebody like Beast and Vin and Stevie can come with, if they would actually give them an opportunity. Well, and, and and the
1: thing that is so frustrating is that was the whole reason that I quit watching WWE and started watching New Japan was because that was the way New Japan was basically booking the territory, right? And now, like, I, I guess I would like to take this opportunity to officially apologize to former president Harold Mee and say, dude oh, I thought it was all Harold but I was wrong I don't know what is going on with New Japan Pro Wrestling but they're like the that last show man Sakura Genesis it felt like I was watching Monday Night Raw like the first hour and a half was nothing but gimmicks and bullshit you know it's scary to me
0: I don't like it I don't like it at all it's not that difficult and you if you look around at society You know, one of the things, you know, we just came off the Easter season and one of the things I really love about that holiday, I love the, the, the religious documentaries and you don't have to be very, you know, into faith and all that, but the stories that you get there. And I was just like, like, Oh my God, this would be an incredible pro wrestling storyline. Well, I mean,
1: look at what they're doing with, uh, bray wyatt randy orton and alexa bliss
0: i don't even want to i don't even want to look at it that is a complete turnoff right there
1: well and and very much the same way the main event was of night one for me you know where it was like 20 minutes into the show and i'm just watching this ridiculous bullshit and i start surfing on my phone and shopping for stuff for the house and comparing paint swashes and like because i just i can't take it seriously if I want to watch that, I'll watch somebody do it well. I, w- I just want to watch pro wrestling. J- just just, fucking do pro wrestling. It's not hard. You'd think so. You would think. Anything going on in the sports world, man? I know you all had opening day out there. Does Because I'm not hearing anybody talk about baseball at this point. Like opening day happened and now nobody cares again until
0: June. Are, are, are we already there? I think you know what really kicked into gear here. you here in Cincinnati, still a little bit of buzz. Uh, we're excited about this team. They, they're young. They have a long ways to go, but they got they got attitude, man. They got swagger. Uh, they they got trounced the opening day, but they came back fighting, uh, and, and literally fighting. They took it to the Cardinals in those next two games, and you know well, that rivalry here.
1: They're the Cardinals. I'm sure they deserved it.
0: Uh, I mean that there was. I mean, we had a brawl there that escalated with the play at the plate, and one of the Reds players stood over you know the catcher and said, s- s- told-, told the catcher, and he quoted in the paper, said, "I told him to stand up and f- fucking bring it." So, and they they are kind of they 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 want to be cocky, they want to have attitudes. It's one of those kind of teams, you know that that Ric Flair sort of deal you know the oakland raiders that that you can get behind and we're sitting here right now seven and three uh and that's a tremendous start for them so the the city here's excited but yeah you're right you know really nationally you, you flip over to the sports networks i mean you're getting your scores not not a whole lot of headlines and it seems like again you know baseball kind of put their foot in their mouth kicked their own ass when getting political yeah and then the nba
1: we're still a month away from you know the end of the nba season before the playoffs really get going nhl nobody really cares until you know the stanley cup starts nfl i like i don't even hear a whole lot of talk about like the draft coming up at this point because like everything seems pretty cut and dry for the opening of the nfl draft at this point like It just seems like we're in this weird kind of sports lull and nobody really cares because nobody's really that into it right now. Anyway, it's, it's just really,
0: really weird. It is. uh, What are we like two weeks away from the draft? Yeah.
1: Two weeks away.
0: Uh, I mean, at this point right now, I mean, you're used to all the combine news, the movers, the shakers. I mean, even if when we've had predictable early picks, I mean they're able to drum up some kind of interest create some kind of stories around it i think the bigger issue jargon as you said from the public it, there isn't that want, that hunger
1: yeah no it's just, yeah nobody cares uh, i did pick up on one interesting sports story over the last couple of days we exchanged a couple of messages about it alex rodriguez Buying the Minnesota Timberwolves as well as the Minnesota Lynx, the WNBA team up there, um, and of course you, we know that there is an offer in for for A Rod and J Lo to buy the uh, New York Mets. And Rick, I was kind of like, what, what's going on here? Like th- this whole thing seems kind of weird. And Carly and I got to talking about it, and you know, J Lo has a residency out in Las Vegas. 72 dates, I believe it was, 350 grand a pop. She's getting paid to do these shows, right? So wow. she keeps her residency out there. They they buy the Mets, they buy the T-Wolves, they buy the Lynx. You know, as I think about Las Vegas, they don't have a baseball team and I, I, I don't think they have a basketball team in Vegas and, but you, you, it makes sense that they would have a WNBA team in Vegas to go along, you know, with their, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, as well as the golden Knights and kind of round out all the professional sports teams. Hey, wouldn't it be something if one person owned all three of those and could just move them all to Vegas?
0: Holy shit. Is, is that the play that's going on here? I think it's one of those things, certainly, you know, for those different franchises, those fans, they all need to come together and keep an eye on that thing. Because that could be a swift and quick move. Man, especially like
1: the Mets, I can understand, like it's New York, but they're kind of the bastard team of New York. Sorry, Bello. Like if you like baseball in New York, you're a Yankees fan. Like nobody cares about the Mets. If, right, the yeah, Mets, just, if the Mets, if the Mets moved, diffi- would you're, anybody you're care? You're just being
0: difficult. You're just being difficult if you're well, a Mets fan, right?
1: Right, Well, well, I mean, and how many Mets fans do you know?
0: Uh, Bello,
1: and that's it, right?
0: That's it. All the people that I've ever met on this planet, Bello. Hey, hold on. You know, growing up, I had a little moment there, a couple years where I had my Mets gear. Was
1: it strawberry? Uh, I, strawberry, strawberry and
0: Doc and and Doc, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long fucking time ago, dude. That was like two generations ago. You know, I actually did a book report on Doc, uh, and along with we had to make a. We actually had to make the little book, so I had my little pamphlet, and it was probably like ten little pages and hit pictures of him in there. Then uh, I also made a puppet with him, and, and of course I used a, a brown sock. Uh, I wonder if I would be canceled today for that. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's racist. So, I, I wonder if I wonder if I. My mom's got that somewhere. But especially I had, like I had a little hat on him, he had a uniform. It was, it was pretty cool, man.
1: Especially Minneapolis. Um, I obviously the Lakers were in Minneapolis and got the hell out of there. Uh that was a long freaking time ago. But I could see where the T Wolves and the Lynx would absolutely move out of Minneapolis for a market like Las Vegas. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world to me, especially when you play a winter sport. Um yeah, this is absolutely something to keep an eye on, man.
0: And I, I also, and I, I think as well. You know, you, you immediately thinking, oh no way they're gonna they're gonna lose that market in New York. I think what you know, if you if you've got a deal in place and that exchangeable market is Las Vegas. Yeah, they, they got. And you listening. already
1: got the Yankees. I mean. I don't know, man. That Absolutely. one makes a
0: lot of sense to me. And, and you know it's New York, too. If in a couple of years it does a little bomb on you, you can grab one of these small markets and make another adjustment, send somebody up that way. Man, it's going to be you know, interesting.
1: I, I, I really feel like
0: A-Rod up to something here. A uh, little uh, fun fact. Before the Mets came into existence, there was a deal in place. Uh, They wanted that second team Mm -hmm. as everybody else, you know, the Dodgers, the Giants, they had left that area. So they were looking to, you know, replace that. They wanted to bolster baseball in and around New York. Uh, They had a deal in place the Reds were going to move. Oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah. So the Cincinnati Reds would have been the New York Reds. Then Crosley, one of the great owners of the Reds, stepped in who also created 700 uh, Crosley radio is got head like the superstation tower that they could actually, they could hear during the war, uh, That's because crazy. of the wattage that he had, uh, but he stepped in and saved the reds. So then major league baseball opted to, to vote in and create a franchise. And thus we have the Mets.
1: Well, and I guess the other thing is what's going on up in Minneapolis. Uh, not only now with the Chauvin trial, now we had another shooting over the course of the last couple days. Um, And, Rick, this one sounds like it is just a really, really, really shitty kind of situation. Of course, the media is already trying to make this thing all about race. Uh, Well, now the body cam footage has come out. And right before the cop shoots, she yells out, Taser. I think she simply grabbed the wrong fucking gun.
0: Oh man! He, what are, well, I, and I mean, I here's, is, there I mean wor- is there a worse accident, worse mistake in the history? Well, uh, I, mean.
1: I mean, here's the thing, right? So you're trying to detain this guy, the guy gets away, he goes and gets in his car to take off. All right, so I mean, you're talking about a span of about two seconds, blood's pumping, and she simply fucked up. I mean, this is the most colossal fuck up in the history of fuck-ups.
0: I'm just reading the headline here. Officer resigned.
1: I mean, but I really think this was a fuck-up. Nothing I have seen thus far is in any way, shape, or form related to racial tension. And that, of course, is the media narrative. And especially with the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial happening literally 10 miles away from where this happened. This is terrible timing for a colossal fuck
0: up. You know, and let's, let's talk about the real setting there inside of Minneapolis right now. I mean, it's a
1: tinderbox to begin with.
0: Yeah. And, and, it's, and they're not showing a lot of that right now. Uh, it's a very, very scary place, place you don't want to be. Uh, and it's it's going to be interesting to see if, if you know, as a, a city, an area, a hub, if they're going to be able to bounce back from this. I'm going through some of these headlines here. It's just for the love of God, give me a break here. I, I couldn't believe the headline. That's why I clicked on this thing. Um, let me get back up to the headline here real quick. Ben and Jerry's calls to dismantle dismantled the police and criminal justice system the following uh, Dante Wright's death. So uh, Ben and Jerry's, like uh, someone Ben and Jerry? No, it's actually Ben and Jerry's ice cream.
1: Well, and this goes back to what we were talking about. I mean, with fucking Delta and, uh, and, and uh, Coca-Cola, like all these companies no, down I mean, in fucking like, Georgia.
0: This is like the tip of the iceberg here. I mean, this corporate BS trying to influence, you know, it's you know, literally weight.
1: what WWE did before the main event of WrestleMania night one. I mean, it, it, it's all fucking connected. These goddamn companies trying to prove how fucking woke they are. Just shut the fuck up.
0: Oh, what a fucking thing. Uh, but I will say, though, what it, it, a just mess. Just as ridiculous that I see is these call for these boycotts. <sighs> I I understand the outrage, you know, Ben and Jerry's here. I mean, why are you butting in here? I, I I'm not even a fan of their product, but I mean, that's here or there, but the murder of Dante Wright is rooted in white supremacy and results from the from the intentional criminalization of black and brown communities. The system can't be reformed, it it must be dismantled in a real system of public safety rebuilt from the ground up you're not, you're not providing any solutions you're driving a further wedge. You're creating a larger problem, all for the perception that you are some woke grand being corporation that, it, that is truly out there for the best interests of the citizens. But ben and Jerry's Ben and Jerry's. You're pretty pricey. You're pretty damn pricey. I'm, I'm willing to bet. This isn't about color. It's You know, it's, poverty it's it's social standing
1: it's wwe man stephanie mcmahon philanthropy is the future of marketing she said that like five fucking years ago philanthropy is the future of marketing and that's exactly what it is
0: uh, well you you get to a point here and you know we've talked about it on the show I, i shared it last night i had some things just and it's both sides that act like everything that's happening right now and in this this age, this era, 2021, is so much more magnified and important than any other time in history. To me, that's absolute bullshit. We talk about it regularly on the show here. Cancel culture isn't a new concept. It just has a buzz term now.
1: Well, and and the thing that really irritated me And I guess this kind of wraps the whole thing up, right? About that main event night one is if you want true equality, then just present it to me. And they did. You had presented me to women who had earned the right to be in the main event of WrestleMania. And then they had to go and place the division on it. Like everybody was fine with it. Nobody was thinking about the fact that it was two women in the main event of WrestleMania. Nobody was thinking about the fact that it was two African-American women in the main event of WrestleMania until you fucking brought it up. And if you wouldn't have brought it up, then we would have actually had equality because we had two African-American females who had fucking earned it. It's not that you had just fucking given it to them. Just so that you could bury Horowitz yourself and pat yourself on the fucking back. That was it, it, just it, it, it just makes me so fucking mad. I can't even find the words to express,
0: you know? Well, and you know, it, it to, when things mirror society, you know, us middle-aged, middle-class white guys, if you don't exactly. You know, if you're if you're not tooting the horn, joining the, the marching parade, then you're you're against it you're immediately. So let's say Friday night, Bianca's out there. Sasha's out there, whoever the case might be. Uh, Becky interjects herself. Does that make her immediate villain? Because she's taking that spotlight away from what they right. proclaim to be. This is this is this is a black moment. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Charlotte Flair?
1: can't believe they turned her again last night Jesus Christ she's the new big show she she gets turned baby that, face that, or heel that, depending that, on who she's working with
0: that, that so to irritating me, I enjoyed her promo I, I thought she did a good job with it why? you have an opportunity to establish right. Ripley as your new dominant heel now all you've done is put her in the middle you're muddying the waters
1: that's what Charlotte does just injects herself and in where it it's not her. fucking belonged.
0: It's not on her.
1: I, I, no, just, it's on the creative. It's just that she is the fucking person
0: that they do it with well, constantly. Here's, <laughs> here's what they really could have done here. They could have continued the play. She's out there. I wasn't wanted. She started, you know, alluding towards those things that are really going on. Like they try, you know, they they you know, they they use my old my old man. You know, didn't really, you know, not coming out. Giving him a payday using putting me, you know, put us in this bullshit. My my fiance, my fiance has been fired. She
1: should have dropped Andrade's name in that promo. It would have made it feel so much more
0: authentic. Yeah. And as you go on, I've got an ironclad contract. I'm not going anywhere. And then you have her spin off where they're doing everything they can to keep her away from those main events, from those marquees
1: and, and, and just make it really what it is. If you don't like it, fire me. I'm Charlotte Flair. I am bigger than the WWE. You can't
0: fire me. Oh, God. See, that that right... Th- if we're coming up to this, march her out there with a the whole legal team. Yeah. Stand, I'm going to stand here, here and I'm
1: just going to drop it. And what are you going to do? You're going to fire me? I'm Charlotte Flair. Come
0: on. You ain't going to do shit. Hey. Oh God, yes. Justin, did you just hit that shit with Jericho? I'm Charlotte Player. What are you gonna do? Fire me? Right. I'll go yeah. down the road to Jacksonville. I hear they're hiring. They could use some help. I hope they dried out their red carpets because I'm gonna need them when I come when I come walking in there. Oh, they could have done all of that there. But no, what do you gotta do? You go back to the same old well that you continually do because you have no creative creative direction the people that are working in this creative, they don't have the passion the fire for the, the fundamentals, the history of this thing. They don't, they don't have any passion to grow this audience. I'm, I'm not even convinced that half the day performers do. Right. They're yeah. looking at people. They want to be, they just want to be the next rock. They want to make that jump. They're looking for their own. They're looking at Miz and they're looking, you know, Cody got a deal here and she, they're looking at these rowdy shows. Nobody's committed to actually making pro wrestling great again
1: yep that's a hell
0: of a note, man. How about that, man? you
1: know what? That's the first time we've done an edition of the Hitting the marks Pro wrestling podcast in over a year. I mean because that's really what it was that's yeah, what we got what some it was. other
0: stuff in there. we got some other stuff in there.
1: yeah, but you know I mean it's weird and and the kids and the wife give me shit about it all the time. Because no matter what it is that they're talking about, I'm like, oh, so it's like, you know, Hogan and Macho Man at WrestleMania five. Like, I can find a way to equate this to pro fucking wrestling. Like, no matter what it is, I I can find a way.
0: And that's why pro
1: wrestling is so tremendous, man. It is life. Yep, it really is so that's going to wrap things up for this week's show thanks for listening if you haven't already please hit that subscribe button and then visit the platform that you may not be listening to whether it be the Hami Media Group over at podbean.com at the affiliates feed wherever the main feed ends up I'm kind of out of the loop because I've been so tied up with all the house shit Uh, or you can find it of course over at hittingthemarks.com the HTM podcast network still online still broadcasting still dropping almost daily content man we've been dropping so much shit over there it's fantastic fantastic even though i'm pretty sure i'm about a week behind on putting up shows because i've been on vacation and not at work Uh, you can keep up with me and all things that i am doing over at michaeljargo.com also be aware um this is probably the second to last episode for a while um because I'm, i'm guessing here right at the end of april we're gonna have to put a cap on things for a couple three weeks while we shut down the locker room studios and move over to studio 203 Huckleberry, yeah we haven't even started packing yet my god man we haven't even made it to that headache yet
0: well i'd say we, we might have some scaled down versions but uh I'll, I'll get something together for us uh we'll come up with something to keep some content going just you know so the feed doesn't kind of
1: well i mean we, a little we'll, hit and, we'll still be dropping all the other shows it's just it, it won't be yeah, the but, two of us sitting down to, to shoot the shit for
0: probably we'll, a couple we'll, of we'll, weeks We'll come up with something. Yeah. Uh, those losers can't carry this one. So, I mean, they're good undercard, but come on. Man. You can't shut down the main event for, for that long. But you're talking about the, the Hobby Media Group, the, the affiliate site. I mean, mediagroup.podbean.com. We're still up and running. They haven't hit us yet. They haven't made the connection, so you can still pick us up there for the core content. Right now, we are in a rebuild. Looks like we, uh, we're going to go our own route. Of our own path. I'm looking forward was, to that,
1: man. We're gonna have to sit down and talk about so that, and, and what's kind of going on with that. Continue the war on podcasting. Maybe we'll uh, we'll make that a
0: topic for but, the next week. But, un, but until until we get, uh, I think we're going like internet radio, something along those lines. Still trying to work out the logistics and details on that thing. Uh, but until then. You can get all you know, the core, the free core content over at the Jaime Media Group Patreon. That is patreon.com backslash Jaime Media Group. And I do want to throw uh, just a little something out there. It's spring. Looking for a new wardrobe. Looking for something uh, something fly to wear when you're out there making the rounds in this warm weather. Starting tomorrow, the 14th, Valentine's Day. Perfect gift idea. Valentine's Day, the 14th. No, that's not Valentine's Day. We're April 14th. April, you know what it was? Valentine's I mean, Day what,
1: is closer than Valentine's you know, Day. Here's
0: what got me. Here's what got me. My mom's birthday is on Valentine's Day the 14th. And then my, my parents' anniversary is on April 14th. So I linked those two together. Oh, so anyway, go. April 14th tomorrow, excuse me, not Valentine's Day. But still, it, it's a loving gift idea here, okay? So it'd be like Valentine's Day in April for somebody. But April 14th through the 17th, pro wrestling tees, 20% off when you use the promo code SPRINGFLING promo code SPRINGFLING so be sure to check out you got Superstar Silvio Ben Hamid Stevie Richards SEG shirts Freak God Papadon and Dr. Beast go over and represent pick up pick up some gear from all of our pros that have their stores over at Pro Wrestling Tees uh, and of course want to keep up with me the RBV Richard Bronson Victory across all social media real simple at the real RVB
1: get me at michaeljargo.com we will be back next week with a whole new edition maybe we'll actually uh, figure out what we're gonna talk about before we start recording but you know I, I kind of enjoy these conversations like where we're not you know the shoot conversations have been uh, have been a lot of fun too so I have enjoyed that um, so yeah we'll talk to you next week I guess for now we're off like a prom. Dress. Say up Point your fingers. Label me. don't give up.
0: I'll be your bad guy.
1: The blame on me. I smell That's the bad guy. Go. Oh. You'll be trapping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go
0: your My bitch mama and I lie. Your she was at home you with know, me last night. So this I'll be your bad, bad guy. Bad you, bad bad. Bad.
1: You, you know bad. I will be your bad guy. That's right. Violet.